0: The next few weeks. So, uh, in case you missed it on Sunday, we announced that Elder Miko Loxamanis is planning to be with us this Sunday, and I'm excited about that. He's over the, the Federal Way Kent congregation, Federal Way slash Kent congregation, and he's going to be with us. I'm looking forward to that. I know it's going to be a good time. That's this coming Sunday. The 12th, if I've got my days right. And then the following Sunday, which is the 19th, we will have a combined service here with the Selah congregation. And we're going to have Brother Mel Berglund visiting us and ministering to us. I know that uh, we're going to receive rich ministry from that as well. So that's December 19th. And then the following, so the third Sunday, the day after Christmas, December 26th, we're going to have what we might call a a Christmas celebration here, a day uh, that day, and we're going to, instead of our normal service at 11, we're going to do a service at 1 o'clock. So you get to, if you get a new pillow for Christmas, you get to break that thing in real good and sleep in. And then 1 o'clock, we're going to do that. We'll, we'll give some more uh, details as far as what that day will look like. But I will say this, plan to bring and plan to eat Christmas cookies that day. And there will be some other things that we do as well. So that's December the 26th. So over the next three Sundays, we're going to have a good time and a lot of uh, ministry. Good, good things that take place. So I'm excited about that. Amen. Thank you to those that have already taken time to do at least some of the Timothy Project. I was able to see some, some people that have gone in there and answered those. If you, if you weren't here last uh, Tuesday, I walked you through a little bit on the website. Um, if you go to the church website, you can go to the Timothy Project. You can watch this. First lesson, and then take um, answer the questions that are related to that lesson, and then you go go all your way through. Um, I'm really excited, and I know that it's it's good ministry for us. It's good for us to see and learn those things. There's a lot of times that you might think, well, that's basic. Well, you know what? That's good. We all need basics. And if we need nothing else, that's really what we need, is basic understanding and knowledge and truth of what the Scripture says. Amen? So if you haven't done that yet, in fact, today I, uh, I printed out and stapled together and sorted all the paper copies, because I've had some people ask me to bring them on paper, and I left them at home. So I will be sure to bring them this weekend. Uh, for anybody that needs those, because I want everybody to be able, not only to watch the videos, but also put your brain to the test to make sure that you heard and learned what those videos cover. Amen? Why don't we just pray for a moment there where you're seated. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that we feel here tonight. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, God, for this opportunity to be with your body to fellowship together with you and with your body i'm thankful god that we get to hear the word of god i'm thankful that we get to receive from you jesus you are so good to us lord i give you thanks i give you praise we pray, Lord, that you would bless this time tonight, Lord Jesus. I pray that your spirit would speak and minister to us. I pray, God, that our ears would be anointed to hear your word. Lord, I pray that you would have your way and accomplish your will over each life that's here tonight. We pray it in Jesus' name. I give you thanks, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll give you another. Just a little plug for those Search for Truth lessons. Um, I was listening through uh, some of the second lesson again today. And um, if you don't know, there was a man named Noah that built an ark. And he had three sons. And you can trace, just through scripture, you can trace the lineage of Jesus Christ through those three sons. Now... The three sons, Ham, Shem, and Curly? No. Jethro? Japheth. Does anybody know which one of those three we trace the lineage to Jesus through? You can go from Shem to Abraham, and you can go from Abraham to his son Isaac, Jacob the Israelites and all those tribes all the way down to Jesus Christ and I think that's important does this good knowledge to have uh, to me it always helps me feel like I'm a little bit more a part of the Bible of the scripture because you can also trace geographically where those three sons and their descendants went to and in this continent and this part of the world and and then you get to see oh yeah that's real and that's how people got here and that's why they got there and how all of this transpired it helps me feel like i'm a part of it hey amen i was uh i was in a bible study sunday evening and um there was some scriptures that we shared that i just the lord keeps illuminating to me and i want to share them with you tonight Um, I guess I would uh, I I gave Brother Timothy the title uh, what is the Holy Ghost and I was just kind of thinking on my way here um, at some point in the past we've had a lesson um, we've had a lesson who is God who is Jesus and I guess this will be part three of that because we're going to say what is the Holy Ghost um, I want you to look at Acts chapter 1 If I'm encouraging you to get a Bible open your app or do whatever you can because I've got a, a few passages all around here that I want us to look at Acts chapter 1 somebody asked me one time Who was Theophilus? And I was just thinking as I was looking back at this passage. Thank God for Theophilus. Because he is the recipient, the original recipient of the book of Acts. Luke wrote the book of Acts. He wrote it to his acquaintance, Theophilus. That's what the the first verse says. Who he's writing to. I want you to look at verse 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise. Everyone say promise. Wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. I've already told you about it. That's what he's telling them. This is Jesus speaking here, and he's talking to his disciples. He says, go to Jerusalem, wait for the promise that I've told you about. For John, verse 5, for John truly baptized with water. Just in case anybody here needs a reminder. John truly baptized with, that was over three years ago, right? Jesus talking. Remember the day, you know. I got baptized, and everybody else was getting baptized, and I'm sure some of you were baptized by John, and he baptized with water, but ye shall be, everyone say shall be, not you have already been, you shall be. This is something that's going to happen to you in the future. You shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days, hence. It's getting close. It's getting really close. You know, we'll look at some of these scriptures, but Jesus even started telling them that it's getting close while he was still alive before he was crucified. He's saying, my hour is at hand. The time is drawing near. The time And now he has been crucified, he's risen from the dead, and that's the words that we read here in Acts chapter 1. And he's saying, not many days hence, we're getting close, you will receive, you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. I like that term, the baptized with. I don't know how often we think about that in our own personal lives. Those of us that have received, we use that term, received the Holy Ghost, we think of it as we were received. But, you know, it's not inappropriate for you to say, that's the day I was baptized with the Holy Ghost. Just like Jesus said, the promise will happen. Verse 8 here it says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. In other words, after you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, you will receive power. You will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. That's going to be the start of some things when you receive the Holy Ghost. That's the start. And then you're going to get this power. Then you're going to be witnesses. All this great stuff is going to happen. But the starting point will be when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Go to Mark chapter 1, verse 8, if you would. Jesus himself even referred to it. There we read it in verse 5. John truly baptized with water. Those are the words of Jesus talking about what John did. Here we see the words of John talking about what Jesus will do. John says, Mark 1 and 8, I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you With the Holy Ghost. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Who's he? Well, John was sent to make way for the Lord. He's the voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And when he sees him, he says, Behold, look, that's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And he's saying, there's one coming after me. He was before me. I'm just baptizing you with water for the remission of sins, to cover those sins. But that's not all. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I think Paul's the one that says, John verily, uh, John baptized unto repentance. That's just like step one. And John even told us that at the beginning. What I'm doing is only step one. There will be a guy that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I want us to look at this. I don't know that I've ever really thought of it in the terms of how John put it. Jesus will baptize me with the Holy Ghost. But there's a timeline to all of this. And who can do what when. And when this applies, and this is not even available until this happens. Let me show you this in the scripture. John chapter 7, verse 33. John seven, thirty-three. This is the scripture. I mentioned that we were in this Bible study uh, Sunday evening. This, this part of the scripture, it was just illuminated. And it, was, it was such a joy because I got to be there and, and with someone that had never even looked at this, this verse in this passage and seen it this way and it's like just sitting across the table you can see the lights come on and they think "Whoa, i think there was an audible response like wow really that's actually what the bible says so john we'll start reading in verse 33 then said jesus unto them yet a little while i am with you and then i go everybody say i go Jesus says, I go unto him that sent me a little while. We're already talking about this. The time is going. I'm only going to be here a little while, and then I'm not going to be here, and I'm going to go back to the one that sent me. Ye shall seek me, and you shall not find me. And where I am, you can't go there. I'm going away in a little while, and you're going to look for me, and you won't be able to find me. You couldn't even follow me if you wanted to. Verse 35, then said the Jews among themselves, whither will he go that we shall not find him? Will he go into the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? Is he going to leave here and kind of go into hiding and go from this place to this is that what he means we would look for him but we can't find him verse 36 what manner of saying is this that he said you shall seek me and you shall not find me where i am you cannot come verse 37 in the last day the great day of the feast the same story is happening here, right? We didn't stop, start, stop one story and start another. This is right after Jesus said those things. Yet a little while. The last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So if a man's thirsty, he comes to me. I'm going to give him something to drink. What I give him will transform into rivers of living water. Living water. Everybody say living water. Not... I've got this extra water over here, and you can drink it, and then instead of me consuming it, you consume it. There is no consumption taking place here. It's just transference from one vessel to another, and then transference from inside of that vessel, outside of it. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I love this next verse, 39. But this spake he of the spirit. He was talking about the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. If any man believe on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. They that believe on him should receive what? The spirit. You see that? He's talking about the Spirit. That's what they will receive, those that believe. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Because that, Jesus was not yet glorified. And here's what I really liked about seeing it this way. Again, if you have a King James Version or maybe some other version that has words in italics, verse 39, if you look at it, you, don't, you see after it says, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. That word given is in italics, which means when the translators put this into the English language, they added the word given. There was no equivalent In this Greek language, so they said, let's add the word given so people understand a little bit more what the scripture is saying. What that tells me is the meaning is there even when you take out that word. So let's just take out that word and see what it says. For the Holy Ghost was not yet. The Holy Ghost was not yet because jesus was not yet glorified he hadn't changed from being just the man the 33 year old man to the glorified state that he would be after if you allow me i'm looking at the clock so i see how long i take on this rabbit trail how just ask yourself how how can the word of god say that the holy ghost was not yet the holy ghost was not yet there was not holy ghost yet how can the scripture say that the holy ghost was not yet i mean i go all the way back to genesis 1:1 in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and the Spirit of God moved upon the wall. Is that not the Holy Ghost? Is that not the. We say that uh, the Spirit of God is, or the Holy Ghost is God's Spirit. We, we, I'm just going to tell you, sometimes we oversimplify things without proper understanding, and we simply would say the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. I'm not telling you. That the Holy Ghost is not the Spirit of God. It is. But it was not yet, according to this verse, the way that you know the Holy Ghost. The way that I know the Holy Ghost. The way that we have received and get to... Yes. correct correct different manifestation i i have been with you i shall be in you and before either of those i was creating the world i am i just always am i've always been but i'm manifesting myself here in this way the holy ghost was not yet given Anybody has got Christmas presents in your house, but they're still wrapped. Those presents are not yet given. They're there. But I promise you, my kids don't know what they are yet. They might think they know some of them. But they are not yet given. Because that, because. Here's the reason why. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. What that tells me, by simple deduction, as long as Jesus is not glorified, the Holy Ghost is not given. The two manifestations are not congruent, to use a high school math term. they don't have both at the same time. I'll I'll show you some more of this. John chapter 14, verse 12. John 14 and 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because i go to my father it's all throughout john once you start to see it from uh, pretty much as soon as he starts ministering jesus is trying to let his disciples know what's taking place right now is not the way it will always be and he says it again here because i go to my father Because he was not yet glorified and because he goes to the Father. Verse 16, 14 and 16. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. There's a key understanding there Jesus is trying to say you and I can't always relate the way we're relating right now in the flesh me as a man and you as a man this is not God's plan his plan is for me to be here and do what I'm supposed to while I am in human form but I can't stay like this I have to die, and then I have to go. But when I go, I will send you, <laughs> I will pray the Father, he shall give you another comforter. I'd like to dance around that word another if I could. Another, like a, a different A separate, uh, a not me, another comforter. He will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Let me draw that distinction. Jesus himself said, everyone is not ready to receive my spirit right now. The world cannot receive. I'm going to go. I'm going to pray the Father. He's going to send another comforter. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Who? Who dwells with me? You. That's what Jesus is saying. You know me because I dwell with you. It's the exact same answer he gave Philip when he said, show us the Father. And he says, have I been here so long and you don't know me? I'm dwelling with you. Just show us the Father. It suffices. It does. You haven't known me, and here he says the world doesn't know me. I'd like for them to. I'd sure li- I'm ready for them to. As soon as they're ready, I'll be ready. But right now, what's going to happen is going to happen with you because you are ready. You do know me. You do see me. You have dwelled with me. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will come to you. You just said you're going to send another comforter. Yeah, I will. I will come to you as... Another comforter. I will come to you. The, let me just read that one one more time. Verse 16. That he may abide with you forever. Forever. Please say forever. He is going to abide with you Forever. There will be no time that the Holy Ghost says, Sorry, my work here is done. I have to go. It's not going to happen. He will abide with you forever. John 15, verse 26. John 15 and 26. I'll, I'll, I'll subtitle this one. Where does the Holy Ghost come from? In case you didn't get it in verse, in chapter 14. But when the Comforter has come, whom I will send to you from the Father. Oh, wait a second. I thought you said he was going to send it. I did. I will pray the Father and he will... Oh. I will pray the Father and he will send you another comforter. And now the comforter, when it's come, whom I will send unto you. From the Father, from the Father, from the Father. I, from the Father, I, from the Father, will send it to you. There's no fraudulent activity going on here. I, if you will allow me to insert this phrase, I, from the place of the Father. Acting as the Father. When the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of Truth, that's the second time we've seen that phrase, even the Spirit of Truth. There is no distinction between who is the Comforter and the Spirit of truth. It is the Spirit of truth. Even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father. Proceedeth. That means to be sent forth from. I will send unto you from the Father the Comforter, who, which proceedeth from the Father. He shall testify of me. Let's go to chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse 7. Oh, Sorry, I knew I missed one. Let's, before we go there, let's go back to 14 again. Verse 26. I, I, let me just put you in my brain for a minute. I memorized all these scriptures when I was about 12 years old as a Bible quizzer. And you, want to, you think this is confusing tonight? Try memorizing and quoting and distinguishing. What does 14 say from 15? What does 15 say from 16? But this is what he says. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. This, I don't know, right now this is quickly climbing to the top of my favorite scriptures list because of how plainly it puts it. The comforter is the Holy Ghost. That's not me speaking. That's what it says right there. The comforter which is the Holy Ghost. The Father will send in my name. Who gets to send it? I'm I'm getting more confused as we go along here. If I'm trying to distinguish them as two different people, you've already said you're going to send it. You've already said the Father's going to send it. You've already said you're going to go as the Father and send it. How did it get here? The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Okay, the name. I'm not even going to take the time to do that tonight. But the name. Who's talking right now? Who's, Who's saying these words? Jesus. You know what the word my means, right? It's mine. My name. I learned this one in Espanol. Me llamo Caleb. My name, I own that. That's me. The comforter will be sent in mayamo. I didn't teach the Bible study in Spanish just in case you're wondering. He shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I've said to you. Okay, jump to chapter 16. I'm almost done here. Chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus, still speaking. John 16 and 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away... The comforter will not come unto you. It can't happen. It can't happen. You mean they don't coexist? I can't be here and it be here. That's why I have to go away. So that the comforter can come to you. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send send him unto you. All right. I think we get that point now. Sometimes they say repetition is the key to knowledge. Just read these three chapters a few times, and you'll definitely start to see that. Verse 12. Jesus says, I have yet many things to say unto you. I'm not done speaking. I am truth. So what I say becomes true knowledge to the hearer. I'd like to speak more and more and more. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You're not ready to hear them. I'm ready to say them. You're not ready to hear them. Keep going. Verse 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he 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 shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. So I, wanted, I have more to say. I can't say it right now. But my voice will continue to speak and share and speak and guide you into more truth as you're ready to hear it. And that's going to happen through the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all truth. Jesus said very similar things about himself as to what we read right here. The things which I speak unto you I speak not of myself. The Son can do nothing of himself but that which he sees the Father do. I don't have license, Jesus is saying, to operate on my own outside of the Father. And the Holy Ghost does not have license on its own to operate outside of the Father. It can only do, and I can only do, we can only do what the Father says. Verse 14. He shall glorify me. I know this, I've said this a few times recently. To glorify or to glory, it means what you see, the image of. It's a representation of. He is a representation of me. By the way, he's got my name. For he shall receive of mine and and, and shall show it unto you. Go to verse 16. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. I'm reading that one slowly and carefully because it's King James, and I want to make sure you see what it says. Earlier, he said, in a little while, you won't see me because I'm going somewhere, and you won't see me, and you can't follow me. Now, he says... A little while and you shall not see me. I won't be here. You won't see me. And again a little while. So a little while after that, you will see me because I go to the Father. Go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Remember what he said in Acts chapter 1. John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Which you have heard of me. I've already told you about these things. Well, we just looked at a little bit of what he was speaking of when he said, by the way, you've already heard this. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That is, them being baptized with the Holy Ghost. Baptized, filled with, receiving. The term is, it, it means the same thing. When a person receives the Holy Ghost. That's what happens. Verse 38. I'm sure most of you know and are familiar with this chapter. But I want you to see these verses. Peter said to them. Because this happened for us. And then them is they who asked. What is this? So Peter said to them. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What happened to us is for you. The way that we received it, you will receive it. Verse 39 for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. So remember when Jesus said, the world can't see me, the world doesn't know me, and they won't receive me. He was referring to this instance. When I first reveal myself, as the Holy Ghost, as the Comforter, you will be ready. And then you will, it said in eight, you will be witnesses of me. We see between Acts chapter 2 verse 4 and Acts chapter 2 verse 38, we see Peter fulfilling Acts 1 and 8 the Holy Ghost has come upon him and he is now a witness unto the rest. And he shares with them and he tells them what's taken place. I think it's verse 16 here. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days I will pour out of my spirit. This, that's what's happening right here. And the promise is for you. Everybody say it's for me. The promise is for me, for my children, for all, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Do you have anything you'd like to add, Bishop?
1: We uh, we often say or encourage people that they should receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> you received the Holy Ghost when when you got baptized in the water. The next year, the next year after getting at a, in a church service, what happened? Yeah. Children's, revival. Children's revival. When where? At a church in a church service. Okay, we could go across the room here, and various people would tell you when. When did you get the Holy Ghost? In the church basement, in Wapato. Okay, Vance, where did you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost? In a church service, at the altar. Okay, same pair. My sister received the Holy Ghost on Highway 101, pulled off the highway in traffic. My grandmother received the Holy Ghost, knelt by her bedside in Hera, White Swan area. We know we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost because we begin to speak with other tongues. Okay. This is the initial sign following receiving the Holy Ghost. Then we begin to watch for the fruit of the Spirit. That's key. If my life doesn't change, I'd, I'd go back and check out my first experience. I'd want to make sure. <laughs> the term we would use is you'd want to pray through. And not just for that spontaneous experience, but to begin to feel, to receive, and exemplify the fruits of the Spirit being manifested in our lives. I want to go back to the Timothy Project for just a minute. By the way, this is awesome teaching, isn't it? This is tremendous. And I felt like Sunday, the teaching was just tremendous. I love it. Revelatory teaching. It's, it's, it's awesome. You can just tell when the Spirit of God has kicked in and the teacher has come into the house. The teacher has come into the house. The, uh, the Timothy Project, years ago, we had a Christian school. Had it for 10 years in Puyallup. The way we would start is to test kids. And in that test, it would reveal deficiencies. It would reveal strengths, and it would reveal a deficiency. And so when there was a deficiency revealed, they were given what was called a gap pace. The schooling was based on a curriculum that was put together in paces, packets of information and then testing, much like what we're doing in the Timothy Project, but it would reveal a deficiency. Now, I had deficiencies in schooling. I wish I would have gone to the school of tomorrow or to SSCA, South Sound Christian Academy. Or I wish I should have as an adult said, hey, would you give me one of the English paces, the gap pace? Because I had holes in English and in algebra. And I left Washington, went to New Jersey, and they were eons ahead of us. And so I was lost. I went to school. I fulfilled the years. I I filled in the time. I didn't learn a thing because I had missed basics. The basics that everything is built upon. The foundation of the apostles, prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And some of these revelatory teaching sessions that we're receiving right now are building blocks for where the Lord wants to take us. Now, once in a while, somebody will say something, and the words they choose reveal a deficiency. Oops, hold on, there's a building block (laughs) missing right there. I mean, that's all great. That's good stuff. It's just not true. Now, let's go back to these true building blocks. Like the mighty God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And build on them. Our experience becomes built upon truths. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. And it truly is a challenge. We have to stop. We have to go back and make a correction and get the right principle, which is a building block of truth, so that we can go on into the deep things of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. I, I was reviewing as well some of the questionnaires, and I'd, I'd go back and I'd say, did they say that? Here. The God uh, created the world in how many days? Six or seven? Now you'd be surprised how many pe- people said seven. That's pretty basic. And they just didn't think it through. Now, if that's you, I'm not telling on you. Go back and do it again. No. (laughs) But again, see, there's simple things that are areas that the reason for the Timothy Project is not just to educate and to teach. It is also to discover if there are areas where we miss something along the way. And now I need that because I want to move on ahead and keep going. Okay? Amen. God bless you.
0: Amen. Can we just pray where you're seated, Lord? I thank you for your spirit that's here tonight. Thank you for the truth of your word, Father, and the opportunity to hear your voice and to learn of you. I pray, God, that you would continue each one of us down this path of understanding and discovery, Lord, that you have us on. I believe that you do all things well, God, and that you do all things in your time. I pray, Lord, continue to grow us, continue to shape us and mold us, I pray. God, I put my life in your hands. I ask you, God, to teach me. I ask you, Lord, to show me your ways and make me more like you, I pray. I pray it in Jesus' name. I receive it tonight. I thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Greet one another.